0: Hello friends, today we will be reading from Luke chapter 14. As always, let's go ahead and cover our word in prayer before we begin to actually delve into this chapter. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much, Lord, for everything that you've given us, Lord, for everything that you continue to do in our lives. Even if we can't see you moving, Lord, we know that you are moving and that you have great things in store for us. Lord, we pray for the knowledge, wisdom, and understanding to really grasp the word that we are about to receive and to be able to put it into work into our own lives. Help us to share this word with whoever needs to hear it, Lord, and help us to bear the fruits of your spirit in everything that we do. Holy Spirit, be breathed into us today and guide us in each and every one of our endeavors that we may be walking with you in each step. Though the attacks of the enemy are strong, Lord, we know that you are so much stronger and bigger than anything that we will face today. So I pray that you give us the ability to put our complete faith in you and have peace in this moment of spiritual warfare, whatever we face, Lord. We know that you are working all things for our good right now, Lord. So we just pray for the patience and the understanding to know that we need to be still and wait for your answers. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys, the spiritual warfare that I have been facing has been so crazy. And that's when you really know that something good is happening. When the enemy comes at you with everything that they have. I cried so much this week, and it's barely Wednesday. But I know that whatever is happening, God has it in the palm of his hands and he will come through for me. That being said, this is my season of waiting. And obviously in this season of waiting, I would want to listen to my favorite song right now, which is Wait On You by Maverick City Church and Elevation Worship. But when I went through my playlist, guess what was missing? my favorite song from my playlist that I know that I put there so I added it and I expected it to say oh it's already added would you just like to skip it but no it just completely added it for the first time so somebody somewhere must have accidentally deleted this from my playlist which is so weird to me but if you guys haven't heard that song definitely go check it out it is a go-to for me whenever I am in a season where I have to wait on answers. Okay guys, let's go ahead and get into this chapter. The first section is called Jesus at a Pharisee's house. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisee and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, When you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they might invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This section is called the parable of the great banquet. When one of these at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At that time of the banquet he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I am on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. and compel them to come in, so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. This next section is called, The Cost of Being a Disciple. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Won't he first sit down and consider whether he is able with 10,000 men to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000? If he is not able, he will send a delegation while the other is still a long way off and will ask for terms of peace. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is fit neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It is thrown out. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. So that was the end of chapter 14. And I just have a few things that I want to go over for this chapter. The first thing that I want to go over is verse 26 where he tells us to hate our father and mother and our children and siblings This confused me because Jesus was sent here to teach the world how to love each other. So then why would he tell us to hate each other? And in looking it up, I found this one article from ebible.com where it says the Greek rather than Hebrew word in the original New Testament text that was translated as hate in the cited verse was missio. According to Strong's Concordance, as noted on the BibleHub.com website, forms of the word appear 41 times in the New Testament, always with the same connotation of strong or intense aversion. It says, To me, this can be reconciled with the equally clear command from God to love others, including those noted in the cited verse, through a process of comparison. Our love for Christ must be so great that we will allow no earthly relationship regardless of how close it may be to surpass it or interfere with it we must also be willing as a last resort to forsake any relationship where other individuals seek to come between us and Christ such as being unalterably opposed to our christian faith or beliefs or want us to abandon our faith in Christ or our obedience to him or to demand a higher degree of love or devotion than that which we give Christ. The next thing that I want to touch on is the last verse where he tells us if salt loses its saltiness then it is no good it's just to be thrown out. Here I believe it's about the same as being lukewarm as a Christian. You have to keep your zeal for the Lord. You have to keep that passion in your life. Salt is something that purifies. So whenever you are on fire for the Lord and you have that passion and that zeal, it's purifying your heart as well as the people that you come in contact with. So when you're lukewarm and you don't really stand your ground when it comes to your faith, you are allowing other people to slowly lessen the flavor, the saltiness that you have in your heart, the purification that you have in your heart just a reminder for us to continue to seek God in everything that we do. Feed the fire, feed the flame that's in your heart for God by reading your daily word, by listening to your worship music, by continuing to pray to him in every moment of your life, not just whenever you're happy. I hope that you guys got a lot out of this chapter because I know that I did. Go out and be the salt of the earth be the light of the world. And have a blessed day. Till next time.